welcome. Happy Thursday, Patriot Radio News Hour, from live from the Hole in the Ceiling Studios in Deer Valley, Arizona. I hope it finds you well. It's another, it's been a muggy summer. Uh, yesterday, my younger son was at football practice. You know, he's not old enough to drive, so dad had to go out there. And uh, I got out there a little early. Uh, to watch the end of practice, you know, see how the boys are doing. Uh, they won; they're one and zero. Got got a big game tomorrow, and I was sitting there in the stands and and just covered in sweat. They, the boys were; it was super muggy and muggy for Arizona. Probably, I, I don't know. I'm guessing thirty, forty percent humidity. It was awful, uh, but but the sun is back out again today. Hopefully the you know what? I'll take it, though. I'd rather have it this way and let it rain, rain, rain all day long uh, here in the Valley of the Sun. So, uh, nonetheless, that's the weather for today. Uh, our toll-free number, 800 I was almost late for the show. Ramon was texting me. Are you Are you going to do the show? Where are you? Uh, we're actually on the phone with the Bullion Bank. Um, got it. Got real quick. I want to just update you. We've got 15 kangaroo platinum, one ounce platinum kangaroos left. That's all there is, uh, and then that's going to be it for platinum. Uh, platinum's it's down today. So yesterday they were nine ten. Today these 15 are at nine hundred. Is ten bucks going to make a difference to anybody? No, but. There's only 15 of those left on the one-ounce platinum kangaroos. Uh, And, you know, and I've said it already enough times for you to understand, this is solely a value play. Uh, And now uh, South Africa is going after the white farmers again. They're starting, I guess they started taking their land. Uh, The Trump administration has called for an investigation uh, in a weird way. And I hate to say it, but I think that's very bullish for the platinum price because uh, most, almost, I think it's like 80 or 85% of all the platinum comes from South Africa. So uh, when there's unrest there, uh, usually that the, the mines are the first, you know, they're the major union there. They'll join in uh, and, and probably uh, affect the mine production, which will be a positive uh, the other thing is any good, any good trade tariff news will also be good for platinum. Uh, right now we don't have any of that, but when we do, uh, so this is a value play. I highly suggest just taking them. You know, I don't tell anybody, Bill, you know, first of all, don't ever put all your money into gold. Don't put all your money into silver. Don't put all your money into platinum. You know, you got to... I do believe in being diversified, right? You got you got to have some stocks and bonds, right? But you you got to have some gold and silver. And if you don't, well, then it's one of two things: either you can't afford it, or you really just don't know what's happening. Uh, that's really the only two explanations. It could be ignorance. Uh, but this platinum play, it's just a value play. I think you're going to be handsomely rewarded for it. Uh, so take the time, put a few away. Silver eagles. So I wanted to. To mention this as well, I've got two more, two cases of backdate silver eagles available. 
And, and the reason simply that I like the backdate, it's really simple. They're cheaper, right? So I, I <laughs> you know me, right? I don't like to have to pay more if I don't have to. Two cases of Silver Eagles. These are going to be backdates. I don't know the year. There's only two cases. 8750 uh, for the two cases. You could actually pick up those cases in Colorado. We're not quite here. We're almost ready in Phoenix. I'm hoping by the end of next week that Phoenix, for all our core items, here's what's going to be happening for those of you that don't know. For our 2010 $5 gold pieces, Silver Eagles, and I think we're going to put 10 ounce in there as well. For those core items, we are going to be in stock all the time. Uh, we, we may add to that uh, as we go along, but those items are going to be in stock all the time. We're already that way in Colorado. Uh, so you can place your orders today. Jason will call you, you know, within 24 hours uh, to come and get them. Uh, and then we'll be the same way here in Phoenix, hopefully by the end of the week. Uh, but there's only two cases of backdate silver eagles, and listen, it's a big difference in price. I mean, you're 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 talking about uh, 250 bucks a case less just for taking a an older year. And, and you know, here's what's funny: it's almost you know, I know it's already what August 23rd, 2018 is almost over. By this time next year, right, those 2018s are going to be a backdate. So so don't pay more. Uh, 87.50 on the backdate cases of silver eagles. And then nine hundred dollars on those platinum, and then that'll be it. And and as far as I know, and, and this is what the bullion banks tell they're not ordering any more platinum uh, from all the Australian mint until next year. So unless someone sells this uh, platinum to them, this will be it as far as coins go, uh, unless something changes. So there's fifteen of them. These are going to be kangaroos. These are actually. Uh, I don't know, I guess they're more popular than the platypuses, so they actually cost us a little bit more, uh, but nonetheless, you're going to get them today at 900 bucks at 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. Uh, we're going to have the tariff tracker for you today as well. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, um, you know, we have the tariffs in effect uh, with China. That first original $50 billion, that was, um, I'm trying to come up with the word here as I'm, I'm drawing a blank. That was gr- a gradual one. So $34 billion's already in effect starting today. The other $16 billion went into effect. Uh, the, and today is day two of the meeting with the Chinese, the trade meeting. Haven't heard a single thing. Uh, and again, both sides said, yeah, there's really, we're here uh, uh, in spirit only, no Nobody was expecting anything to happen there. The bigger news is the lack of an agreement with Mexico. Um, it was 
brought to my attention this morning. I was actually, you know, sometimes you, you know, I always make fun of the idiot box. As a matter of fact, I have to, you got to go out to the website today, and you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of Larry Kudlow. And Larry Kudlow, uh, no offense, he's either one of two things a complete and total moron, or he just deliberately is deceiving people, one or the other, right? And it's probably a combination of both. But you can go out on our website today. Ramon's got a clip up there, and it's Larry Kudlow today telling you how great it is. And listen, things are, and don't get me wrong, we know things are a little better, but they're not great. Right, right. We know that they're not great. They're better. They're not great. But very similar talk from Larry uh, back ten years ago, and before the whole thing, before the whole crash, and how great it was, and and how everybody, you know, anybody that says everything's going to crash is an idiot and all that stuff. So all live clips, all of them on TV. Make sure you give it a listen. You'll get, I laughed. I thought it was funny uh, because it, it, this is the guy, I mean, he is the head economic advisor. So this is this is the qualifications you need. This is why I said, uh, why I call it the idiot box. But I was listening to it today, and there was a guy on there, and I, and I, I didn't catch his name, but I believe he was the former CEO of Kellogg's. And he was talking about trade, and obviously Kellogg's, major company like them, they were a big part of the original NAFTA and GATT writings and all of those things, but said that he wouldn't be surprised if sometime between today and tomorrow, that there may be an agreement with Mexico, and 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 I was like, what? I wonder why he thinks that. Right? That was like, as he, I'm listening to him at at 4:30 this morning. This is what I'm thinking, and he immediately said because Mexico's getting a new president later this this year. So he's he has he's not he's already won, but he's not in office yet. And he said that in order for the trade agreement to get done and signed before the new Mexican president comes into office, and again, and also before our elections, that the deal needs to get done, you know, right like now. He, I, I think you'll see a big drop in the dollar and a big big move in all of the precious metal prices. Remember. I want to say it was yesterday, right? Gold was above 1200 yesterday for a little while because they thought the big announcement was going to come that they had some agreement in place with Mexico. Then it didn't happen, uh, and then and then gold ended up only being up about three bucks. And right now, I think it's down six or seven this morning uh, because people are worried that it won't happen. And of course, the other 16 billion in tariffs. So there could be a possibility. Don't know if it doesn't happen. Uh, then we may not get any trade agreements uh, before the new election cycle. Uh, and I think that is why they wanted this deal with Mexico to get done, uh, because they got a new president who's already uh, more in the lines with all the other countries, i.e. Canada and China and Germany, and not really wanting to play ball with the United States. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see, but that's one of those things where I think Today's one of those days you're going to buy today and, and, and 
if a trade deal gets done, even better uh, that you bought today instead of waiting uh, because it looks like the, they really want the dollar to weaken here. And they then right now, the way this is playing out, no trade agreements or an escalation of trade gets us the dollar rising, right, and we get the pressure on gold and silver, platinum, palladium as well. And then if there is some news of good news on trade, it goes the other way. Uh, so that that's something I, I didn't consider that as to why it was we're trying to get this deal with Mexico, but there there's hope anyway. I don't know because it's all about autos. And let's face it, all of the auto companies, they've moved. They've already, the only, you know, I think we're going to be down to, like, the Ford Mustang and maybe one other car uh, being produced in the United States at all. All of them have already said all of that stuff's heading to Mexico. Uh, so we need to, to keep that in mind. And then i got to cover this one. You know, we talk about these sanctuary cities, these liberal states. I, you know, I call them the failed blue states. And all of these people coming into the red states uh, from these failed blue states. And this came out of San Francisco uh, yesterday. They now have the poop police. Yeah, San Francisco has a problem. Uh, with all of the homeless, and the problem is, and I, I didn't know, I knew it was bad, I didn't know it got this bad, that these homeless, they're everywhere, and apparently, they're just crapping on the streets, and, and you know, you think about, it, first of all, that's disgusting, secondly, right, I mean, you know, they're, they're just dropping trowel right there on the streets, and I guess it's so bad. That that places have started canceling, you know, because San Francisco they do a lot of conventions. They've had conventions canceled, and they they've got the uh, uh, the the problem of the public streets uh, covered in poo. So they've established the poop patrol. So the city of San Francisco has now taken some, I'm, I'm, I'm making the assumption they're going to be government workers, right? They're going to work for the city of San Francisco, and their job is going to be cleaning up all the poop on the street in San Francisco. And they show a picture of these guys that I'm looking at, and, and they've got, like, the hazmat suits on, right, and, and, and the gloves and the mask, and, and I get it, right? I I would want to be dressed that way as well if I got to clean up poop. But here's what the funny part was. Guess what they're paying? Starting pay for the poop patrol in San Francisco, $71,000 plus benefits. $71,000 plus benefits. Uh, they said that you can get out, you know, if you're on the poop patrol long enough, <laughs> this is a job that'll pay over $150,000 a year, benefits included. That would be the max pay uh, for the poop patrol in San Francisco. So if you can stomach, now, of course, here's the problem. $71,000 a year in San Francisco is poverty, <laughs> right? But, you know, if you and your wife got on the poop 
patrol. You could probably afford to rent a one-bedroom apartment in San Diego because you'd be making about 140 k But you do get benefits. So uh, I just thought that was – I have a hard time understanding how it, you would let it get to that point. I mean, obviously, wouldn't the easiest solution – now, call me crazy. They've got – by the way, uh, the Poop Patrol has – I want to say, I think it's five people that are on this. That's their job. They got five full-time workers, and I guess they got the truck, the the, the equipment, right, which is basically shovels and disinfectant and stuff like that, right? And, and uh, I'm sure, you know, hoses and water and stuff like that. Wouldn't you think it'd be cheaper? No, no. It's just me. Um, maybe getting some porta-potties. And put them in, you know, the high traffic poop areas. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, right? I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think outside the box for San Francisco. That, I mean, I would think for, you know, if you've got five people, and let's face it, benefits all included. Let's just say hundred grand. Let's round it, you know, because one guy's got to be in charge. The other guys are making seven. So for half a mil. Right, that's a lot of porta potties. That's all I'm saying. I think they can get it done for less. Uh, but but nonetheless, yeah. The if you're making your way out to San Francisco uh, and you see the poop patrol in action, do me a favor, snap a picture of it, send it to us. We'll put it up on the website. It'll be great. You know what? I was thinking about that, and um, I bet you the guys who used to work for the Barnum and Bailey Circus would do it for half that price. Right? They're out of jobs now. They already do it, right? You think about the ones that, hey, I used to pick up elephant poop, right? This has got to be better than that. Experience. Right? You know, you're, I want, you know maybe they cost more because they got actual experience. <laughs> and they would have to pay extra for that. I, I don't know. But <laughs> I just, I, I, again, I don't know. But the, the porta potty thing isn't a good answer. I, get, I don't know. But, but anyway, uh, listen. This is the crazy times that we live in in the United States today. Uh, big, another big article was out today about the number of children, okay, number of children living in a family that is already receiving some form of government assistance. Okay, so you and, and you know how uh, how the theory goes on this, right? which is, hey, if you grew up on government assistance, chances are you're going to live on government assistance, right? That's just kind of, you know, you, you, it's harder to, to, to get out. Once you're in it, it seems like you're stuck in it, you know. And, and I say it all the time uh, with my kids, right? I want my kids to hang out with people that have a lot more money than I do, right? You know, because, you know, I believe in that, right? Hey, if you hang out with those types of people, you'll be one of those people. That's just, you know, uh, one of my philosophies. I I think that really applies. And so I wasn't shocked. We have now crossed over, you know, that 50% threshold. According to the latest data, almost 53% of all U.S. children now live in a house that is on government assistance. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, now, you think these are the poorest of the poor, the lazy, the this, the that. Here's the sad thing. I actually have family members, okay, not, not, not my brothers, right, but, uh, but cousins, that this is, this is absolutely the case. And it's not because they don't work. They're working. And they work hard. They just can't afford uh, Obamacare, right? They can't afford insurance of any kind, right? Because insurance, and I keep talking about it, right? If you're, when I was first married to Sarah, and I worked for a, a, a company here in town, and I had health care benefits from the employer. And, and a lot of us grew up that way. Now, remember, this great new jobs economy most of the jobs are going to contract work now, right? Uh, Uber, Lyft, uh, even if you're working for a company doing IT stuff or whatever, a lot of it's all contract work. Uh, you know what? If you own, maybe you, you're a carpet cleaner or a landscaper, a painter, uh, whatever, maybe, maybe you're running one of those CrossFit gyms, right? You're, you're working. And you're working hard, but you don't have benefits, can't afford them. Now over half of all kids born in America take assistance from the government. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Phyllis Schlafly stood at the forefront of almost every major political battle during her 70 years in public life. She became most famous for launching the pro-family movement by rallying Americans who acknowledged the fundamental role the traditional family plays in building productive citizens and strong communities. With her pro-family compatriots, Phyllis stopped the Equal Rights Amendment and set about securing other victories for parents and their children. When the left started pushing sex education curriculums that many parents found objectionable, America turned to Phyllis Schlafly to be the voice of parents. Phyllis boldly declared in countless television news programs, radio segments, and writings that it should be parents, not teachers, who decide what is moral and right for their children. If a school wanted to teach about attitudes towards sex, Phyllis said that they should teach abstinence before marriage as the only safe and healthy lifestyle choice. The argument for abstinence education is more than just a contest of competing systems of morality between parents and teachers. Abstinence education is about what is scientifically demonstrable and statistically effective. Of course, those on the left are not big fans of science or statistics when the facts do not suit their purposes. Yet when pressed on the subject, even proponents of so-called safe sex will admit that abstinence is the only totally safe and healthy method of birth control. When forced to admit this fact, these safe-sex proponents run to the common misconception that abstinence education simply doesn't work. But that's demonstrably untrue. Take, for example, the highly successful Collier Community Abstinence Project, started by Phyllis's close friend Kathleen Sullivan in 2006. In just a few years, the program has resulted in a 63% decrease in births to unwed teen girls. In addition, Collier County, Florida, has seen a dramatic reduction in bacterial STDs. We should never forget that conservatives stand clearly on the side of science and statistics when it comes to abstinence education. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. We're talking about, you know, think about it. We had the greatest generation, right? You had the baby boomers. You you had Generation X, which uh, I I consider myself a part of. Uh, I'm 48. So you had your Gen Xers, right? Then you had the Millennials. Now are we looking at the welfare generation? Uh, and, and, I want, and I just want to get it right. It's 52.1%. Today, they are the Americans under the age of 18. Growing up in a country where the majority of their peers live in households that take means tested assistance from the government. Think about it. Just think about all of your kids' friends. And just go every other. Go one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Right? And then and then every once in a while you gotta go one, two, one, two, one, two, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, two. Right? Because fifty two percent of them are on government assistance. And this is listen, this isn't my number this isn't some liberal group or conservative group. This is from the Census Bureau. They say that there are approximately 73,586,000 people under the age of 18 in the United States. 38,365 thousand of them raised in households in which one or more persons receives benefits from a means tested government program. Okay, so this isn't social security, right? That's not that. Right? This is, hey, I'm I I I don't have I don't earn enough money. These programs include Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Okay? That's food stamps. Now, they talk about the food stamp number going down. Somewhere in the low 40 million range, right? So some of these 38 million are in that one. Medicaid. Right? There's no health insurance at home. Public housing. Supplemental security income, special supplement nutritional program for women, infants, and children. That is commonly known as WIC, right? So if you've ever worked in a supermarket environment, you know what WIC is. Temporary, it's another form of food stamps without having to say they're on food stamps. Temporary assistance for needy families in the National School Lunch Program. And I only bring this up because I just want to highlight 
how much poorer we are. And this is all because of the central bank. I put it right at their feet. Not to mention some ridiculously horrible trade practices. That hasn't helped. But the devaluation of our money, the lying about the inflation rate, has literally brought us to the point where over half of all kids born today need a handout. And again, I'm telling you right now, this isn't lazy people. Not. I mean, there's some in there. We know that, right? We know. Listen, one to two percent of people don't want to do anything. It's just what it is. The vast majority of people do. I actually, like I said, I know a bunch of people that this is the reality for. They're working, and they're not making. You know, they're not making fifteen grand. You know, they're making, hey, they're making 40, 50, 60 grand. And it's not enough to live. It's not. You know, just think about it. If you're making 60 grand, but they want $800 a month for health care, what are you going to do? Right? Hey, the first 10 grand went to taxes. Now I got 50 grand. Now you want me to give you, you know, Ten thousand dollars for health care? I can't afford that. I got to pay the. I got rent to pay. I got a car payment. I got kids. I got. I got. Why? I mean, it, it doesn't work. And this really is when they sit there and they and they tell you about oh great, it, it's not, that's not great. It's disgusting. And the realities are why is it? And it has nothing to do. Listen, there's plenty of jobs out there. We know that, right? You can go. You know, work at McDonald's or Taco Bell, the retail jobs, right? And they're all the same, by the way. Uh, if you can get $30 a week out of a retail job, you're lucky, right? Especially uh, when you're first starting out. A lot of these places here, matter of fact, one of Arlene's sons was just telling me uh, he was working at one retailer, and he was like, I was getting like six hours a week. He's all happy now because he got a different job at a different retailer, and they give him like 24 to 30. Right, so he's happy about that, and and this is it. This is the economy. There's no benefits there. There's no money there. There's none of this there. And now you're telling me we're going to come out and brag about how great it is. Over half of every person under the age of 18 is on social some form of being tested assistance from the government. What do we think is going to happen? Right, they're going to be like, well, oh yeah, that's normal. Right, that wasn't normal when I was growing up. And I, you know, what do I know? I mean, I can just look at the numbers. All I know is uh, you go back 20 years ago, and there was only 17 million people on food stamps. It's 40 million, and you know what? We're happy about 40-some million, right? So I don't, and I don't know the exact, somewhere between 40 and 42 million, and we're all excited. Hey, food stamps have gone down. Of course, most of them have gone down because the state, uh, made it harder for you to get out, you know, beyond them. Because they, they made it easier during the recession, made it a little harder again. Uh, but this is the reality. And I'm going to tell you right now, you really think we got a stock market on 25000 Are you kidding me? 25000 52% of all kids born are living in some kind of social a handout from the, the few taxpayers that are left out there. 
And you know the good time's about over. You know, you start there and you start thinking about what I'm saying. We built a, a, we had a debt problem. We tried to fix it by doubling and tripling of the debt. And now guess what? We got to start paying for the debt. Right? Look at interest payments on the debt, all-time record highs. Now we're, we're, what, a year, maybe two away from having an all-time record high deficit without a financial crisis, without wars, without anything. And it's only going to get worse. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Uh, there's been two big pieces, well, really three pieces of economic data out in the last two days uh, that we haven't gotten to. Uh, and again, listen, I don't want to be right. But it looks like I'm going to be. Uh, yesterday, we got existing home sales. Now, that, this is 90% of the housing market. Uh, existing home sales in July, seasonally adjusted, right? Got to throw the seasoning on. Uh, down again. Um, I want to say that it was the fourth straight month in a row of decline. The pace, the lowest pace since February of 2016. So uh, really starting to slow here. Uh, the sales of previously owned homes, yes, lit for the fourth consecutive month. July selling pace a couple of cent below uh, where it was last year for the month. Uh, home sales are on the market for an average of 27 days. The reason simple. The median sales price, $270,000. Uh, who can afford that? I, I don't get it. I mean, it makes sense. No wonder why 52% of all the people born and under the age of 18 are living in a household on assistance. Realtors warning that many would-be buyers, particularly at the lower end of the market, are being priced out. They're now saying that many buyers have just decided to sit out and wait for prices to fall. First-time buyers, again, you know, they're at about 30%. Uh, distressed sales, uh, 3% of the market were distressed sales. Uh, what they're saying is, uh, here's what they're saying. Pretty much uh, any house under 750000 now, and I'll give you the exact breakdown. They gave a chart, and they said housing, uh, existing home sales for zero to uh, $100,000, okay? Zero to $100,000 are down like 30%. The reason, there are none, right? Home sales of houses under, and I want to say it was 250000 down something like 20%. Home sales under 500000 uh, no increase. Home sales of under seven 750000 or less, none, right? No increase. So you got the, the cheapest homes 
down 30%, down 20%. 250,000, you know, 500,000 to 750,000 flat. The only gains in existing home sales were homes priced over $750,000. And then today we got new home sales. So that was 90% of the market existing home sales. Today we got new home sales down. Uh, down again as well. Uh, the market was expecting an increase. They didn't get it. The lowest levels of new home sales now since October of 2017. And they said that uh, here's what they're being told. The sector, talking about the new home sector, plagued by rising building material costs. Again, no inflation. They're, they're such hypocrites. Shortages of land and labor. Okay, listen, I don't know what they're talking about, what land. Uh, just look out. Everywhere there is, there's land. Especially, you know, let's say, where do people want to live? Arizona, Texas, Colorado. There's land everywhere. Uh, they said that uh, there's a six-month supply, so that's kind of uh, the, the uh, you know, where they want to be as far as there's not too much and there's not too little supply. Uh, but they said the moderation in housing is, the, uh, again, same thing. Most people can't afford to buy median home for a new home. Also was up, by the way, up 6%. 329000 dollars for a median new home. And, I, and again, and I love to use me as an example, and the example really is when I, my, me and Sarah bought our first home, I, you know, we were kind of in the median there. It was about 135000 Today, that same home uh, would probably run somewhere around 300000 right, 329000 There's no way. To, I can, we, can, we can barely Right, the hundred and thirty. How are you going to afford three hundred and twenty-nine? Hey, don't worry though. The Federal Reserve—they're going to raise rates four, five, six more times. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that—that's fine. I got a real good idea of what's going to happen uh, to, to housing as the Federal Reserve. By no coincidence, right? What's changed? Uh, Prices are going up. Rates are going up. More and more people simply just can't afford to live. But don't worry, they'll tell you that there's no inflation. It just It only works for a little while. And then it stops working, and you hit those points, and now the realtors are coming out and saying, you know what, a lot of people just told us, forget it. I'm going to wait. Stop looking for me. We can't afford any of these homes. And we're just going to wait for prices to come down. Uh, the bigger point, though, this is a GDP problem, right? The, the home sales are really going to start biting in uh, to to the growth here in the later half of this year and into 2019. And the Federal Reserve, these guys are clueless, right? They're, they're about as clueless as Larry Kudlow, right? They have no idea what they're doing. 800-951-0592. Final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The last ten platinum kangaroos. This is it. Today's the last day. If we sell out, we sell out. If we don't, we don't. Uh, the last ten platinum kangaroos 
Uh, they're $900. Uh, again, this is solely a value play. This is one of those things that I think a year from now, two years from now, uh, you're going to have done very, very well. Uh, and uh, the, there's only 10 left. That's it. They're not ordering any more from the Australian Mint till next year. So this is it here, the last 10 of them, $900. Uh, and I, I'm surprised we still have the two cases of backdate Silver Eagles. Let's snatch them up. Uh, $8,750. Uh, and again, this is a day-to-day deal on these back dates, right? So if he has them, we'll sell them. If he doesn't, we don't. Uh, it's just that simple. At eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, I I talked to Jason. We both have rolls of dime, sixty-dollar dime rolls. We still have about fifty rolls. He's got about fifty rolls left. I've got about fifty rolls, give or take, left on rolls of dimes at $60. For those of you that don't pick up, if you order 20 rolls of dimes, either way for me uh, uh, or Colorado, wherever you live, doesn't matter. If you order 20 rolls or more, we'll throw in the shipping on the dimes at 800-951-0592. And, you know, we covered the hard data, right? The the housing data uh, was not what they were hoping for. Uh, then we uh, we got survey data today. This has been really good, right? The manufacturing surveys and all that. We've got that uh, survey data uh, real high, and then the actual data has been lukewarm, and now the actual data has gotten cold. Uh, today, the PMI uh, came in at its lowest levels in over a year. Matter of fact, new orders came in at the lowest volume since December of 2017. Both the U.S. manufacturing and the U.S. service uh, PMIs both missed expectations uh, and missed them to the downside, obviously. And it was the third month in a row uh, that they have dropped. So they're kind of going, you know, all of these are following the same pattern uh, and, and obviously, I think it's it's two things. Number one, prices are rising, right? The the stagflation that I've been telling you is starting to hit, and now all of a sudden they're starting to see a drop in orders. Uh, the flash PMI; these were August numbers, so these are uh, obviously not final August numbers, but these are the first couple of weeks of of uh, of August. It said new orders and employment growth all moderated. Output moderated, new orders moderated, and employment moderated. And and these were in both reports. Uh, Companies reporting the need to cut costs. This was actually the biggest increase was companies saying they had the need to cut costs uh, reflecting what they re, what they categorized as steep rises in raw material prices, and again, the Federal Reserve is going to pretend it's not happening. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. We got fake news Friday tomorrow, so don't miss it. Glenn says he's got some new stumpers out there. Everybody, take care. Have a great rest of your day.